Yeah, hi, good morning, everyone. Welcome along to Tradies News in a nutshell. It is Thursday morning, the 8th of June, 2023. Daniel Pedro in the chair Thursday morning, nice and early. Good to be up at this time of the morning. And we are broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane, and SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. Anyone been up all night? Watching the cricket. We will wrap the cricket up shortly. Australia in a pretty strong position after day one. Good to be with you. Phone number still the same as always. one 1170 Or you can text 0457-736-736. That's all before breakfast with Vossi and Brandy. Back after 6am. For this is through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney. And for this is through Queensland. Uh, it'll be Padden Heels after 6am. Lots to get through for us over the course of the next hour, though, as usual, plenty of NRL news floating around. We're about to start another round of the National Rugby League as well tonight. We'll get to that. The cricket, we'll get to that as well. Uh, SEN, great coverage overnight, as always, uh, with the SEN cricket. And we'll talk about that as well. Australia in a pretty good position after the first day. We'll have a chat about that, play some of the highlights. We'll also hear uh, from Steve Smith as well in about 15 minutes. Chris Perkins in America will join me in about half an hour as well. He will talk uh, a lot of things. We'll get an update from the story that broke yesterday about the golf PGA v Live Golf now seem to have merged and a lot of other stuff happening in America as well. So plenty on our agenda on this Thursday morning. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy our open line number. Or you can text 0457-736-736. The Hot Topic, thanks to Rheem. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a Rheem. Yes, does your hot water need replacing? Go steady, hot and strong. Ask your plumber to install a ream. Now, before we get to some of the issues of the day, and there's plenty of those around, starting uh, with the Parramatta Eels, we are coming up to round 15 of the National Rugby League. Titans, Tigers tonight. Would love your prediction on who's going to win tonight. If you remember the Titans-Tigers game last year up on the Gold Coast, uh, it wasn't a game to remember, but I think it was... Re- Probably a game to remember for how – I don't want to use the word bad, but it's pretty dull. Uh, I think the Titans scored in the last couple of minutes to win the match. Uh, I think it was very early on in the season. Uh, so who is going to win tonight? A l- bit of pressure on Justin Holbrook, the Titans coach. We know the Tigers have been vastly improved over the past month. I think it's a real 50-50 match. Um, the Titans uh, led again last week against the South Sydney Rabbitohs before they lost again. Um, but scoring, I think, what, 26, 28 points again last weekend. So who's going to win tonight? But as I said, round 15, if you fast forward another 15 weeks, we'll be heading into grand final weekend. So I want your mid-season report card. Quite a simple question for you on this Thursday morning. Who's going to be playing in the NRL grand final in 15 weeks' time? Has, it, has your opinion changed from the start of the year? Are there teams that you expected to be doing really well that aren't? And are there teams that that you weren't expected to be up there, potentially premiership contenders? So simple question. We might go back in 15 weeks and look at this. But who is going to be playing in the NRL Grand Final in 15 weeks' time from now? Your mid-season report card. Your mid-year report card. We're more, uh, you know, we're probably about halfway through the NRL season. So 15 weeks until at Grand Final Day. Who is going to be in the NRL Grand Final? Has your mind changed? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. It's, interesting. it's a very interesting season at the moment. Um, 
and we continue that and we'll have of course a full preview with Charlie Goodsir of round 15 of the National Rugby League tomorrow morning on the show but has your opinion changed who's in your NRL grand final 0457 736 736 the text number or 1300 0111 70 and who's going to win tonight what's the scoreline Titans Tigers and what are you going to be watching tonight and I'll probably ask this again tomorrow because there's another option to throw in tomorrow as well but what are you going to be watching tonight you're going to be watching and listening to the Rugby League? Or are you going to be watching the cricket? Australia 3 for 327 at Stumps at day one at the Oval in London. Another tremendous innings by Tra- uh, Travis Head. He's not out on 146. Steve Smith not out on 95. The partnership 249 of 370. David Warner, he made 43. Usman Khawaja went early with the dark Marnish Lubbershane 26. But as I say, Trevor's head not out 146. Steve Smith not out 95. We will get a recap of everything happening in that World Test Championship on the other side of the next break. Did you watch it? Uh, I watched the start of it. I must say these hours, not great to stay up too late to watch it. But did he have it? And I know Vossi mentioned this uh, the other morning about going to bed and listening to the radio with the cricket on. There's nothing better, and it's exactly what I did with SEN's coverage overnight last night. So Australia in a pretty good position. Uh, we'll see what they can do on day two, but we'll wrap that all up in about 10 minutes' time from now. Let's have a look at some of the headlines that are making news this morning at six minutes past five. Parramatta uh, set to be without Dylan Brown for at least three weeks, and we spoke about this earlier on in the week about the potential of this happening. Uh, and potentially much longer after NRL Chief Executive Andrew Abdo used his discretionary powers on Wednesday to stand down the Eels 5-8 over allegations of sexual touching. The Eels' top eight hopes were already hanging by the thread. Uh, now their preparation for Monday's uh, King's birthday clash against the Bulldogs have been thrown into chaos after their star number six was sidelined by head office. Now, Brown, as we know, had been named on Tuesday by the Eels to partner Mitch Moses in the halves, but Abdo intervened yesterday using his discretionary powers to stand down Brown only hours after he appeared in Sydney's Downing uh, Centre local court to answer five charges of sexual touching. It is understood Abdo took into account the evidence against Brown, including CCTV footage, as well as the nature of the charges before deciding to act. His decision now means the Eels are likely to be without Brown until at least his next court date, which is June 28, so 20 days from now. Um, Brown's lawyer had earlier claimed the CCTV footage of the incident did not support the five charges laid against the Eels' pivot. Um, So we'll see what happens with this. The NRL released a statement saying the NRL has today advised the Parramatta Eels that Dylan Brown is subject to a no-fault stand-down condition under the NRL rules. The NRL decision should in no way be interpreted as a view on the innocence or guilt of the player. Uh, as we know, he's charged at uh, the weekend after an incident at the Golden Sheaf in Sydney's eastern suburbs on Saturday night. The Eels uh, were on the bye. And Parramatta released a statement as well, confirming the NRL's decision. The Parramatta Eels have been informed by the NRL that Dylan Brown has been stood down for team selection as part of the NRL's no-fault stand-down policy regarding the incident this past weekend. Dylan will not be eligible for, the, for selection until he receives clearance from the NRL. Out of respect for the legal process now underway, the club will, be not, uh, will not be making any further comment at this time. So the Parramatta Eels, um, without Dylan Brown, going to be interesting to see uh, what they do. There was some talk about Clint Gutherson uh, moving to 5-8 uh, during the week. We'll see if that does happen. 
Uh, Brendan Hands is another uh, option as well. Uh, Parramatta without Dylan Brown, and it is a big game. Uh, we won't obviously talk about the charges, but it's a big game coming up on Monday against the Bulldogs. Almost, I wouldn't say it's a must win for Parramatta, but it's a very, very important game. Uh, 0457 736 736 or 1300 Rob makes a good point on the text as well. You've got the rugby league tonight. You've got the cricket tonight. But you've also got the Swans in action tonight. And we spoke to Manny Cox, host of Tradies News in Melbourne, about this yesterday. But, of course, uh, the Swans in action tonight and is Buddy Franklin's 350th game uh, against St Kilda. Uh, expecting, he says, about 35,000 at the SCG. So, yes, throw that into the mix as well as to what you can be watching tonight. There's probably some other sports somewhere as well. You can be watching French Open, of course, as well. So what will you be watching tonight? The footy, the cricket, the AFL, the French Open? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 is our open line number. Um, your grand finalists, we're 15 weeks away from the grand final, 15 weeks into the season. Who's going to be their grand final day? Has your opinion changed since I asked this question at the start of the season three months ago, three or so months ago now? Who's their grand final day? NRL Grand Final Day, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01-1170 is our open line number. A bit of other news as well. The West Tigers have parted ways with one of Tim Sheen's most loyal lieutenants, recruitment manager Warren McDonnell. His departure comes amid rumours that the club was split over the decision to offer Luke Brooks a new contract. McDonnell, who has spent more than three decades at West and the Tigers across two stints, is believed to have split with the club on Wednesday morning. Sheens was a driver behind his return to the club last year, but his position has been under cloud since the Tigers secured Scott Fulton from Manly. McDonald was responsible for signing some of the club's most renowned players, including Benji Marshall and Scott Prince. Uh, club officials privately dismissed those claims on Wednesday after it was put to them that Sheens and Marshall were responsible for the decision to offer Brooks a new two-year deal when others were less than convinced. Uh, the Luke Brooks story... Is very interesting, isn't it? Um, being tabled an offer, uh, more than a million over two years, which is less than what he's getting now. And he's been very important to the West Tigers and their improved performance over the past few weeks. Um, and I know I asked this question on Monday. I'll ask it again. Would you be keeping Luke Brooks if you're the West Tigers? It's a really hard one. Seems to be dividing public opinion. And it would be interesting. Like, from all reports we get about Luke Brooks is that he wants to stay in the NRL, preferably at the Tigers. But he'd be offered pretty big money to go over to the Super League, go to the UK. It's a tough one for the Tigers. It's a tough one for Luke Brooks. We'll see what plays out. I suppose the problem for the Tigers is that if Luke Brooks does go, if they don't re-sign Luke Brooks, um, who do they sign? Do they need to sign anyone else? There's not a great deal of halves that are off contract at the moment that I can think of. Maybe there is. Maybe there is one. Maybe I'm forgetting someone. If you're a Tigers fan, who would you? If if you don't want Luke Brooks there, who would you like to see there? One three hundred oh one eleven seventy or oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. At twelve minutes past five, and finally before a break, and then we'll wrap up the cricket on the other side. Georgie Lawara have stepped up their pursuit of Shane Flanagan after meeting with the Premiership winning mentor on Wednesday. So yesterday, it is understood the Dragons have also met with 2010 Premiership winning captain Ben Hornby. Flanagan and Dean Young, though, are the front runners to coach the Dragons next year. 
The club had already held formal talks with Young recently, and despite ramping up talks with Flanagan and Hornby in recent days, Young still remains clearly in the hunt to return to the club. Des Hasler has been linked to the job, but is considered an outside chance as the club fast-tracks the decision on their next mentor. Uh, so we know they were going after Jason Riles. That hasn't happened. Uh, Flanagan, we know, is an assistant coach at Manly with Anthony Seabold there while juggling media commitments. The Dragons were initially lukewarm on the prospect of handing the NRL side over to Flanagan, but there has been a dramatic shift in thinking in recent days. Flanagan does have the strong support from elements of the board. Young, too, also has his supporters. The Dragons are inching towards a decision, and unlike their uh, long talks with Riles, they expect a decision potentially as soon as this week. At the latest, the club is expected to have a new coach by next week during their bye period. So Shane Flanagan or Dean Young? Well, I said the other morning, look, I, I think um, an experienced coach for the Dragons is the way to go. So I think it will be. Um, I think it should be Shane Flanagan. But Dean Young, of course, was there for the 2010 Grand Final. But I, I just think it will be... I think the way things are going, it will be Flanagan. But who knows? Just... A week or so ago, we thought it would be Jason Riles. Who should the Dragons get? Shane Flanagan or Dean Young? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. So that's just some of the stuff on our agenda on this Thursday morning. 15 weeks until the grand final. 15 weeks, uh, round 15 coming up. Has your grand finalist changed for the NRL season from the start of the year? Who's in your grand final now? What will you be watching tonight? Will you be watching the footy, the AFL, Buddy Franklin's 350th, the cricket, the French Open? Interested to get a straw poll this morning. Luke Brooks, Tigers fans. If well, You don't have to be a Tigers fan, but if you are a Tigers fan, Luke Brooks, if you don't want Luke Brooks, and we had a couple of texts earlier on in the, year, oh, earlier on the week that said it's time to let Luke Brooks go, that's fine. But who do you pick instead of Luke Brooks? Who do you want at your club instead of Luke Brooks? And Dragons coach, Shane Flanagan or Dean Young? Who would you pick? And any thoughts on the cricket overnight, which will wrap up in just a second. 0457 736 736, our text number. You can call the open line, 1300 01 1170. Still to come, Chris Perkins. But on the other side of this, we will wrap up the cricket. It is quarter past five. Tradies News in a nutshell, Thursday morning. Shami into head again, who pulls away. This time does get it past that fielder at short mid-wicket. Runs through for the single. And brings up his sixth test century. It's been a fabulous knock here in trying conditions early on. But 100 from just 106 balls, 14 fours and a six. And he gets a hug and a punch of the gloves from Steve Smith down the other end. Kisses the Australia badge on his helmet and raises his back first to his dressing room. And then all around the ground, fans from both sides on their feet applauding this effort. Yeah, Travis Head making his 100, Australia 3 for 327 at Stumps on day one of the World Test Championship. He is not out on 146. Steve Smith so close to that 100 as well. He's 95, not out. David Warner out for 43, looked all right, uh, although uh, getting out for 43. Usman Khwaja out off only 10 balls for a duck. Manish Lubbershane making 26, as I say, Australia 3 for 327. For a complete wrap, if you missed any of it, if you're just waking up, this is uh, SCN's Crickets. Adam Collins and Barat Sandarason with a complete wrap of day one of the World Test Championship.
SEN Test Cricket, the World Test Championship final here at the Kia Roval for tyre power. Raise the that as you save a tonne on Toyo tyres. Get four for three at the end of a magnificent day for Australia. Three for 327. Travis Head, 146 not out from 156 balls. Steve Smith will resume tomorrow on 95. A partnership that's already worth 251 after being sent in on a track that had plenty in it before lunch. That couldn't have gone any better. Just bumped into Steve Smith and he spoke to SEN Test Cricket and trust me, he just looks very, very hungry. <laughs> he looked tired, but he looks hungry for more. He's recognised this as being a pitch where um, you can book your bed and breakfast in, like Asha Bogle said, and there are still a lot of runs to be scored, which is a scary proposition for India, who did win the toss in elective field. Um, and they were flat for the second half of the day. It hasn't worked out for them. So all pressure on them, but Australia well on top. I know it shouldn't be this, but to me... It Still felt like a watershed day for Travis Head on the basis that it is a big global final. It's in England where he lost his spot last year. He did lose his spot in India earlier this year, albeit in quite unusual circumstances. To come out of the blocks the way that he did, then to transfer so much pressure onto that Indian attack with four seamers in it who all seem to be feeding him, uh, it was it's something he can always reflect on, knowing that he can he can dominate like few other players in world cricket. That we've always known about Travis Head, right? He's got uh, the aggressive style, he's got a huge range of shots all around the ground, great hand-eye coordination, but I think it's the selective nature of his stroke play that has really come uh, to the fore in recent years, maybe the last 18 months or so, uh, which has seen him grow in uh, consistency, not just at home, but now also away. He played two really good innings in India, mm. uh, but this year, right, I still think yeah, it's his first away uh, test century to start with, yep. and it is a watershed moment, and even though he kind of underplayed it in the press conference, you could see that it just means that he's here to stay now. And willingness to t attack the short ball, not just through the leg side, but all the uppercuts were there, the slashes through the offside, got off the mark with a couple of boundaries and, and never really stopped putting the foot down. And look, they can they can do serious damage in the first couple of sessions tomorrow. I've been covering games at the Oval a lot over the last few years. It always gets better to bat on day two and day three. The best chance to bowl was in the first session. And India did give themselves an opportunity, picking up Kawaja in the fourth over, getting Labuschagne just after lunch. Warner, who batted really well for yeah. 43 just before lunch. There was a window there for them. They couldn't climb through it. Three for 76. Uh, you compare that with three for 327. There is no comparison because the conditions at that point were still in India's favour. You thought Shami and Siraj bowled beautifully with the new ball and started strongly after lunch. And that's where the Travis Head counter-attack, like it seems to be the case, uh, pushed the opposition, This in this case India, on the back foot. Uh, and you're right. I mean, they a few things could have gone India's way, uh, but some of the bowling changes and starting with Umesh Shadav and Ravindra Jadeja after the tea break, uh, I didn't make too much sense now, looking at it in hindsight. But Australia will know. There are a lot of runs to be scored on this pitch, like you said, Adam. And the second new ball is coming onto the bat, so uh, they will try to attack the second new ball tomorrow morning. But India have a terrific batting lineup, so you mm. can't underplay that either. To think that India went with four seamers, one of them being Umesh Yadav. They've only played three tests here in 13 years ahead of Ravi Chandran Ashwin, the, the number one ranked bowler in the world. I still can't quite get my head around that. I know why they did it. I understand their logic. I just think it's bonkers. Anyway, our player of the day for tyre power is clearly Travis Head, 146 not out when he goes to bed tonight. Steve Smith with him though, a very different approach. He's 95 not out and he did go through the gears a little bit in the final hour of play but he was positively crawling either side of T intentionally. It feels like Smith's made his mind up that he's going to play at the moment on his terms. 
he I think has come to England realizing that look the way England are playing Test cricket uh, and there will be five Ashes Tests, uh, the, he'll have a lot of time to spend out there in the middle batting, uh, and he is going to book himself in for long stays uh, whenever he gets the chance. And this was the perfect opportunity. Also, the fact that when he walked out to bat, India was slightly on top, uh, the ball was still doing a little bit, so that allowed him to give himself that time. And also the fact that Travis Head was scoring so quickly, so he didn't have to really step it up. And he only stepped it up after he went past 50. And mm. you could see that he was trying to get to 100 by tonight. That just fell fire on short, but I'm sure he'll get it first thing in the morning. Three for 327 at the close. The honours very much with the Australians as they start their six-week quest to define their legacy. Our coverage after players for tyre power. Let's try that again. Uh, Toyo tyres at wicket-taking prices. Adam Collins, Brad Sunday Racing, saying goodnight. Catch you again tomorrow. It's been an awful lot of fun on the first day of the series. Yeah, great stuff for the guys over there in London. Steve Smith, uh, when we're going to hear from Steve Smith in just a second, not out 95. As I say, Travis Head not out 146. Australia in a commanding position after day one of the World Test Championship. Australia three for 327. Steve Smith, they were talking about him uh, just towards the end of that piece there. Five runs short of his century. He caught up with Barat Sundaresan after stumps on day one. Uh, Steve Smith, thanks for speaking to the CN Test Cricket. Uh, a pretty good day for you guys, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Um, you know, I thought Davey started really nicely. He, he showed some good intent, um, was hitting the ball really well, and obviously a bit unlucky that one, gloving the one down the leg side. Um, and then Marnus was looking really nice as well, and then he he, he got a, a decent ball from Shammy. And yeah, Trav and I just put on a really nice partnership. He, he came out and just from ball one put pressure back on them probably got them off their lengths a little bit um, thought they probably bought a little bit short in that uh, middle session um, but I think a lot of that comes from the pressure that Trav was putting back on and I was just able to play second fiddle at the other end bide my time and and just just bad and um, that was an enjoyable day a good day for us so um, good day for us and hopefully we can start well in the morning and really set ourselves up for this test match just on Trav uh, you know so many question marks about his uh, game away from home in the last few years scores those runs in India and comes here and does this. So uh, just your take on his innings so far? I think his just ability to go out there and just play the ball and see it and hit it and a bit of a counter punch sometimes. Um, you know, it was a when he came in, it was a pretty important period in the game and for him to be able to come out and put the pressure back on them was, was outstanding. And, um, you know, a lot of credit goes to him. He's really confident at the moment. He's seen the ball well and uh, hopefully it's the start of a big summer for him. Uh, and just about the conditions, Steve, uh, the ball was doing quite a bit early on, or if it wasn't doing a lot, it, it seemed to be beating the bat a bit, uh, and pitch seemed to be a little up and down to start with, did that continue during the day, and what did you make of it? Yeah, I think there were a few balls that kept a bit low throughout the day, definitely. Um, a few balls early with the newer one as well that just bounced a bit more too, so... Yeah, I guess that's positive signs with the 7th 3.27 on the board and only three down. But um, yeah, the morning session for us is important. If we bat well, we can really help ourselves for the for the test match. Uh, just with your batting, Steve, uh, I mean, you spoke uh, before the summer about uh, staying more side on for the South African fast bowlers. It looks like you're back in a cross moment is back. Uh, was that just consciously done for England or, uh, or these conditions? Yeah, no, I quite like it in these conditions. Um, just the positions I'm able to get into and the access it gives me. Um, but there might be times where I chop and change, we'll, we'll wait and see. Uh, and just about facing Shami and Siraj at the Oval, that did take you a while to get uh, your head around it, like a neutral test, World Test Championship final, but away from home? No, not really. Um, just went out and played and um, yeah, they were bowling nicely there, so um, yeah, they're quality bowlers and uh, 
yeah, it was a, it was a good day for us. And the game set up. Well, thanks so much for speaking to us, Steve. No worries, thanks. Steve Smith with Barat Sunder Race and the World Test Championship resumes tonight from 7pm Australian Eastern Standard Time across the SCN network and the SCN app. Uh, fantastic coverage last night will continue tonight and uh, we'll see if Steve Smith can get those extra five round runs and hopefully plenty more to get his century. Your thoughts on all of that? This text from Brett on 0457 736 736 saying, Dan, did you also know that this test goes for six days or has the opportunity to go to six days uh, as to the Ashes test, of course, five, which means a much bigger chance of a result. Yes, uh, we talked about that with Andrew Mensel from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast on Tuesday morning, the potential of going six days, whether it will or not. We'll have to wait and uh, see. Uh, I, I like the idea of a reserve day. I, I, I don't mind it. I think it's uh, I think it's good. I think Australia are in a commanding position. And the good thing is, as well, only three wickets down. Uh, so I don't want to jinx Australia, nor do I really want to jinx India. Um, but it does have the potential to go quite deep this test match with only uh, losing three wickets on day one uh, of the World Test Championship. So we'll see what unfolds overnight on day two. As I say, you'll hear it on SEN. Thank you for the text. Uh, Brett, what did you make of the first day of the World Test Championship? Also asking you before a break and, this, and then Chris Perkins in America, we're 15 weeks into the NRL season. In another 15 weeks, it'll be grand final week. Quite scary, really, isn't it? So I'm asking you, Who's your grand final prediction now, and has it changed since we asked you at the start of the year? Andy says Sharks and the Broncos to be uh, the grand final. Of course, they only played last Saturday night. Uh, so uh, there's been a bit of talk about the Sharks this week, hasn't there? And, uh, sort of wondering whether they have the potential to match it with top four, top eight teams on a regular basis. Andy believes they do. Um, up against the Broncos. And this one from the Oval Treeman. Hi, Dan. Titans 24, Tigers 18 tonight. Uh, went back and checked my text at the start of the season and told you that the Cowboys would defeat the Panthers in the grand final. <laughs> I'm replacing the Cowboys now uh, with the Broncos and having them defeat Penrith. So he's still got Penrith in the grand final, um, but instead of the Cowboys, he has got Brisbane. What say you? Uh, it's a really interesting and intriguing NRL competition this year. 0457 736 736, our text number, or 1300 01 1170. We'll take a break. On the other side of this, we'll cross to America and speak to Chris Perkins. It is 29 to 6. 25 to 6 to America in just a second. 0457 736 736. Just a text here asking Tigers fans if you are going to get rid of Luke Brooks. If you don't want Luke Brooks at your club, who do you want? Um, and this one from Tiger Davo. He says, I would love Fianu or Fianu from Manly. His brother is at the Tigers. Yes, he is. He is stuck behind DCE, uh, Jacob Arthur, Schuster and Johns at Manly. Tiger Davo. So there is... Uh, an option there if there is going to be no Luke Brooks. That story will continue on, I'm sure, uh, over the next coming weeks until we get a decision whether Luke Brooks is staying in Sydney, staying at the Tigers, or going over to the UK to play in the Super League. It is 24 to 6. Now on Tradies News, it's time to get the latest from the USA. And as we say good morning to Chris Perkins, whereabouts in the state do we find you this morning, Chris? Uh, Syracuse, New York, in the mm. midst of horrific road construction and absolutely god-awful air quality because of wildfires in Canada. Yeah, that is not good. All right, well, we wish, every, we wish everyone yeah, uh, all, all the best. Now, uh, you have some fairly breaking news for us. Yeah, we had, uh, you know, we, we were full up anyway to begin with yes. before 
Leo Messi decided he was going to jump into the pile uh, because, uh, you know, Leo Messi, uh, World Cup winner, multi-time uh, FIFA World Footballer of the Year, uh, Ballon d'Or winner. Uh, he has made a decision on his future after his PSG contract ends at the end of this month. Uh, he made the announcement today uh, just a little while ago on um, on uh, in, in Spanish media that he's going to join Inter Miami in Major League Soccer. Leo Messi, the mm. greatest footballer in the world over the last decade plus, is coming to American shores. You must be disappointed he's not joining your team, um, Chris. That would that that would that. Uh, listen, yeah, that that's. Listen, I'm still I am, I am still holding out hope against <laughs> hope that he pulls a Zava. Ted Lasso fans, you'll appreciate this reference. That he pulls a Zava at the press conference and says Messi will play for St. Louis. I haven't finished Ted Lasso yet. No spoilers. Uh, yeah, well, you never know. You might get that. But, <laughs> but that is, uh, look, in all seriousness, that, that's huge for American football, MLS, soccer, whatever you want to call it. That is a huge, like that, that that's you know, it's basically the biggest name you can get. Yeah, there, there, there is no bigger name. I, MLS has done this before, remember? They mm-hmm. got the biggest name back in the day. David Beckham yep. came over, and he's part of the Inter-Miami setup. He's part of the ownership group. Uh, at Inter Miami, uh, they just fired Phil Neville as their manager, and the reports are they're talking to Tata Martino, uh, his manager both at Barcelona and with Argentina, to come in and take over at Inter Miami. So that may have been uh, part of part of uh, sweetening the pot because there was interest. I, of course, there's global interest in Leo Messi. I, any club in the world would be crazy not to want him. Uh, but there were serious offers from Saudi Arabia, and also there was talk that he was going back to Barcelona if they could figure out the financial aspects of it, because we all know the issues that Barcelona's had over recent years financially. Question: uh, That was part of the reason uh, he was playing in Paris. Yeah, question without notice, Chris, and you may not know the answer. Do you know what the average crowd would be for them, generally speaking? Uh, their crowds are decent. Okay. Um, I they don't they aren't they they don't have sellouts regularly, um, but I, we're talking you know, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen thousand. Okay. In about a twenty-five thousand seat stadium, roughly, uh, about average for Major League Soccer. Quite honestly, that's that's a, seems to be an average crowd in Major League Soccer. Uh, I will tell you if Leo Messi is going to be on the field, uh, especially for their road games. Uh, later on this season, uh, you can be assured there's going to be a lot more sellouts in a lot of cities in Major League Soccer the rest of this season once he gets to Miami. Yes, I was about to say, I think you might need some bigger stadiums. Okay, well, that is really interesting. Big news uh, in terms of the world of football. Now, there was big news in the world of golf yesterday when we spoke. Has there been much more reaction since we last spoke 24 hours ago? Uh, There's been some. I mean, Rory McIlroy has come out and basically said, this this is good for golf, and and to hear Rory say that because he was the biggest defender of of the PGA Tour uh, when when this split happened mm. uh, with with the golfers going to live. I uh, obviously he's disappointed, and he and he addressed that as well in his in his uh, press conference, um, saying you know he's he's disappointed about you know what went down, but ultimately. 
having golf unified is a good thing. And you know, I agree with that. Jay Monahan took it on the chin from players apparently in this meeting yesterday, uh, being called a hypocrite for you know talking about how all the you know all the golfers who jumped to live uh, were were taking blood money. That was one of the comments that was made. Uh, and and now the PGA Tour is apparently going to take the same money from Saudi Arabia. So uh, and, and he he copped the he copped the accusation. You know he, he he certainly didn't disagree with the the thought of uh, of hypocrisy being thrown around. Mm. So it, it's I, it's this is such a new thing, and I still I am more interested to see how everything shakes out with the live golfers coming back. Are they allowed back in, or do they have to jump through some hoops? Mm. Uh, I suspect they're going to be a lot. This is more like a merger of equals than, than it is one one very strong organization just taking over another. So uh, I suspect we're going to be kind of going back to where we were uh, a couple of years ago. All right. In, in terms of Yep, going to be really interesting. All right, let's uh, fly through some of your other stuff. Let's start with the NBA. Yeah, NBA Finals Game 3 tonight in Miami Series, even at a game apiece. Uh, interested in seeing how, uh, seeing what Miami does defensively against Nikola Jokic, because remember Game 1, Jokic had a triple-double, only took 12 shots, Denver won comfortably. Game 2, Jokic had 41 points. But only four assists, and Miami winds up winning in a rather weird game where both teams had rather big leads that they let slip away. So I, I'm interested to see the adjustments going into game three. Miami's going to feel very good about where they're sitting right now um, through two games through two games of the series. Being even, now they've got home court advantage and don't have to win another game out in Denver. The pressure shifts on to Denver to get a road win and get get uh, home court advantage back on on their side. But uh, game three of that uh, series coming up about five hours from now uh, down in South Beach. This text can lead into your next topic. Can you ask Chris about the Las Vegas Golden Knights? Turned it on and watched game two, and now I'm hooked. Second Stanley Cup final in short history. Cheers, Braden from Oran Park. Yeah, and, and the Vegas Golden Knights looked really Really good uh, the other night in Game Two. Uh, beat Florida seven-two in Game Two of the series uh, against the Panthers. Game Three of that series, by the way, is tomorrow night down in Sunrise, Florida, just north of Miami. Uh, and and Florida's got to figure something out. They're uh, they're getting caught running around in their own zone. They're taking bad penalties. Uh, it's been a mess the first few games for the Florida Panthers. If they don't figure something out on home ice tomorrow night in game three, it's going to be a short series, and uh, there's probably going to be a parade uh, down the Las Vegas Strip here in a few days yeah, if do, they don't figure something out quick. Do you think it's quite likely there will be a parade? Uh, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll let you know. Uh, start planning the parade because Vegas will be up three games to none at that point, and okay. nobody's come back from 3-0 down in a Stanley Cup final in history. All right, we're going to get your NRL tips in a second, but just tell us about this Madden curse. Oh, yes. Uh, the Madden NFL 24 is coming out very soon, the the annual Madden video game, mm. uh, which I am a proud owner of many copies of it. 
uh, throughout its illustrious 30-plus year history. I, I am a bit of a gamer. I will admit that. Uh, but every year there's a, there's an athlete on the cover. Most years there's an athlete on the cover. And a lot of years that cover athlete gets injured. So the the target this year is going to be the Buffalo Bills because Josh Allen is the cover athlete of Madden 24. Uh, so now everybody in Western New York is panicking, going, we are totally screwed because we're going to wind up losing our quarterback to some freak injury, and, and we're going to be a disaster this year. It, it doesn't always happen that way, but a number there have been a number of cover athletes who have gotten injured early in the season with season-ending injuries that have ruined their team's season. So uh, that that's become kind of a thing now. So uh, it's Josh Allen's turn to be on the hot seat. Uh, do, do you play FIFA as well, Chris? So you, you said you're a gamer. Are you a FIFA uh, player as well? FIFA, MLB, NHL, Madden, NBA. If it's a sports game, I've got an AFL game on my, on my Xbox. I've got a cricket game on my Xbox. I love my sports games. Yes, oh, quite clearly. No, no, that is good. Uh, I used to play. I haven't played, <laughs> I haven't played for ages, but I used to. I used to love it. Um, and just quickly before you NRL tips, some sad news as well. Yes, uh, sad news uh, hit this morning. Uh, the Iron Sheik, a uh, longtime professional wrestler, former uh, then World Wrestling Federation champion, uh, the transitional champion between Bob Backlund and Hulk Hogan. Um, in late 83, early 1984, uh, he passed away uh, at the age of 81. I actually saw the Iron Sheik in person, got to meet him at a little independent show in southeast Missouri about 25 years ago. The Iron Sheik was a great heel character in professional wrestling, mm. uh, very good bad guy. He leaned into his, his heritage, uh, born in Iran, uh, moved to the United States in the late 60s. Uh, late 60s, early 70s. In fact, was a uh, an assistant coach on the U.S. Greco-Roman mm. wrestling team in the 19, 1972 Olympics. Um, but he leaned into that Iranian heritage as the evil Iranian, the, the, the mm. real bad guy, uh, but an absolute heart of gold. Um, and again, he passed away at the age of 81, yep. survived, survived by his wife of 47 years and three children. And he will absolutely 100% be missed. All right. Yep. Very sad. Our thoughts to his friends and family. All right. We didn't get to do this last week because I was off sick, but pens and paper at the ready. We've got about 90 seconds to fly through this. Your all important NRL tips. So we'll start off tonight. Gold Coast Titans, West Tigers. Uh, ooh, I'll take the Tigers in that one. You're going to go Tigers, all right. Uh, then tomorrow night, we've got the Canberra Raiders up against the New Zealand Warriors. Uh, Raiders and Warriors, ooh, 67. I will go, I'll go Canberra. All right, you're going to go Raiders. Of course, Jared Croker's 300th match as well. Uh, Manly Seagulls up against the Dolphins. Ooh. Take the uh, take the dolphins. Dolphins away from home. Okay, that's, that's interesting. Uh, all right, uh, then quickly the dragons, uh, the St. George Laura Dragons up against South Sydney. Uh, I'll take South Sydney. You're gonna go South. We've got the Broncos, the Brisbane Broncos up against the Newcastle Knights. Yeah, I'll take the Broncos. You're gonna go Brisbane there. Okay, then we've got the Sydney Roosters up against the uh, Penrith Panthers. Oh, ooh, Roosters.
Panthers and yeah, I'll take the Panthers and now. Oh, Panthers, okay, no, no. Can't go wrong top of the ladder, guy. Yeah, yeah, they are. They are top of the ladder. And then just quickly, Melbourne Storm, Cronulla Sharks. Uh, I'll take the four v five. Where's that at? Melbourne um, or Melbourne? Cronulla. Uh, I'll take the home side. I'll take Melbourne. Storm and just in a word on Monday, the Bulldogs or the Eels? Ooh, I will take the Eels. Eels. Okay. All right. I'm noting these down. We'll talk. I'm not here on Monday, so we'll talk Tuesday and we'll see how you have gone. Chris, great stuff. Have a great weekend. Uh, we'll catch you on Tuesday morning. We'll review everything, and I'm sure there'll be some other big news to break. Thank you, mate. All right, sounds good. Have a good weekend. Chris Perkins on the line from America, and he doesn't do too badly with his NRL tips as well, so it's worth noting down. Of course, tomorrow on the show we'll have a more extensive NRL preview with the great Charlie Goodso back in the studio with me. 0457 736 736, the text number. You can call the open line 1300 01 We'll take a break, come back and wrap things up. It's ten and a half to 6. Yeah, if you're just waking up, switching the radio on, Australia stumps at day one, three for 327 uh, in a dominant position. Steve Smith not out on 95. Travis Head not out on 146. David Warner made 43. Uh, so Australia three for 327 and play resumed tonight and you'll hear it all on SCN from 7 p.m. across the SCN network and the SCN app. Um, just to Interesting one here in terms of Ryan Pappenhaus. There was an article yesterday uh, saying that he'll be preparing for a shock return in the next four weeks. He did then tweet something like, uh, said something along the lines of, yeah, not quite. So interesting to see when Ryan Pappenhausen does return, uh, if he does return this year. He's uh, he's a hugely important player for the Melbourne Storm. And I think every NRL fan would just love to see him back on the field at some point. Uh, this text, hi, Dan. Viewing priority tonight will be the cricket, uh, but flicking over to the NRL at times. Being a golf lover, I'm sure there will be some TV coverage that I'll check into at times as well. Thank you for that text. Thank you for your text this morning. Coming up, breakfast, Patton Hills in Queensland. And for listers in Sydney, Vossi and Brandy, one of their special guests this morning will be Andrew Webster, the New Zealand Warriors coach, uh, doing some good things over there in New Zealand with the Warriors this year, plus all the regulars. Thanks for your company today. Back tomorrow, Charlie Goodso will join me to preview the remainder of Round 15 of the NRL. We'll wrap up Day 2 of the World Test Championship, and we're going to try and cross to Poland and speak to our football expert, Jonathan Gallo. Try being the key word. Have a great Thursday. Breakfast follows the news. I'll see you tomorrow, tomorrow morning for the final one of the week from 5 a.m.